Hello, everyone. I am Jenna Filipkowski, and you're listening to a new episode of the Human Capital Institute's Nine to Thrive HR. This podcast features experts and practitioners in the field of human resources and brings their knowledge and most pressing issues facing human capital management straight to you. This is a special podcast featuring our HCI facilitators' voices, and I'm joined here by Mark Hacker, who's a senior faculty member of HCI. Welcome, Mark. Hi, glad to be here. I want to focus our discussion on the HR business partner role, and in particular, those who might be unfamiliar with the term, what does an HRBP or HR human business partner do within an organization? It's going to be different from organization to organization, yet in general, uh, an HR business partner, especially one who is strategic, would be uh, a bridge between the business unit or the geography he or she supports and the centers of excellence. And, you know, some of those centers of excellence might be within HR, total rewards, L&D, employee relations, some might be other areas, but really a, a pivotal position that is going to hopefully be turning strategy into execution on the talent side of the business. So I like to think of a great HRBP as, as a linchpin, um, maybe a, a glue that, that combines, that kind of binds those different elements of an organization together, maybe a a conduit, you know, somebody that is not only in charge of working with others and collaborating to figure out how to execute, but a lot of times is the pipeline to the employee base for communicating the details of that. So in a lot of cases, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fine line. We walk as a strategic HRBP where usually client-facing, and we have to represent management, but we've also got to advocate for the associates there. So um, some of the best definitions over the years have included things like strategic that I've mentioned, um, enabler in the positive sense of the word, a contributor. Um, Somebody to be familiar with is Dave Ulrich, and Ulrich, his model says that you can really deliver value at at four different levels within an organization as an HRBP. There's the foundational administrative part that focuses on efficiency. There's the functional side that will focus on best practices, your experience, um, what's out there in the literature, um, resources, uh, what other organizations are doing. Then when, you, when you're really going to be effective in that position, though, you are more strategic. You're focused on delivering strategy, and you're also looking at HR from the outside in. You're, you're focusing on different stakeholders, but uh, bottom line is to be uh, an, an effective HRBP or a more strategic HRBP, you, you are somebody who is really not only partnering, but really helping those business units and those areas that you support leverage the talent in the organization. That's super helpful. Thank you for giving all those perspectives and the different levels. Um, I'm also interested to know, so in terms of what they do to help the organization solve their talent, their organization, their business challenges. And I know in our research, we found that 
skill shortages, skills gaps, and, and also retention of high performers are the top challenges in most organizations. And we've seen this year over year since we've been tracking. Um, and I'm curious from your perspective, how would an HRBP respond to those organizational challenges? Good question. Um, probably one of the biggest challenges that we have as an HRBP. I mean, obviously, we've talked a little bit about connecting to strategy. Yet, I would say most importantly, you are, as a strategic HRBP, you are a, a business person who happens to be in HR, not an HR person who happens to be in business. And, and I think the way you manifest that is by speaking the language of the business, knowing the business. And when you consult and collaborate, you're not only speaking that language, but you're turning data into actionable information to help the business unit pinpoint the issue. Uh, I mean, if a business leader says, hey, we, we've got a turnover issue, it's not enough to just say, oh, let me go get some information on that and send you a report. I mean, the, the idea is as you look at things like retention, attraction, engagement, you should be responding by quantifying and, and prioritizing what the exact issue is, like I said, pinpointing it, and then gather the resources. I mean, this is a great example of when you would be a, a strategic enabler, you would link to strategy which may be to reduce um, you know, turnover, might be to improve attraction, especially among hard-to-fill roles, might be with engagement. You know, how do we improve engagement among a team? You know, it, it's, it's you're linking that to the strategy of the business and the business unit. Um, secondly, if, if you're going to respond effectively, you're going to do that in a culturally accurate manner. You're going to know how the organization works, what's going to be accepted, what's going to fly there, and, and then you're going to get senior leadership support. I think a lot of times the HR business partners I talk to do that backwards. They, they get senior leadership support. They put a lot of spin on things. Then they solve and come up with a solution, and then they link to strategy. I, I would submit that you need to start with strategy. And a lot of that is collaborating with the support mechanisms, the centers of excellence, the different departments to give them the business context. And maybe it's maybe it's an L&D issue, maybe it's a talent acquisition issue, but as you collaborate with them, give them the business context, why it's an issue. And then also most importantly is how are we gonna measure effectiveness and prove our value. So I think um, bottom line on that one is, yeah, you know, speaking the language of business and definitely agree. And I know our research has found that attraction and leadership development are challenges uh, along with retention and engagement. So focus on the business, speak the language of business and add value that way. Absolutely. I like the part about adding value. And I know in our conversation thus far, you've talked about the consulting and the collaborating and HRBP must do and how they're important to the success in that role. And, and I'm wondering, what are some lessons you've learned or maybe information you've heard from your students about best practices for how to do this well? Uh, 
Another good question. Um, definitely is to have a consulting model. And it, it sounds a bit academic, yet it's not. Um, you know, having a consulting model or at least a mental model, it's, it's simply a way to make sense of your environment. Um, we use a five-step model when we work with HR business partners, and I, I like our five-step model. It's a great start. It's something to build on. You'll, you can find that on our website. But as far as best practices, I think number one starts inside, and that's how do you move from being reactive to proactive? Um, uh, not pejoratively, yet how do you move from being just an order taker or responsive to identifying issues that are affecting the business and the execution of strategy. I think a great way to do that is to identify roles on, on projects. Um, one tool that many organizations use that we also teach is something called a RACI model. It's Sometimes it's R-A-S-C-I or R-A-C-I. You know, who's responsible? Who's approving? who's supporting, who's consulting, and who's being informed or CC'd. So it's not enough just to say, hey, stay in your lane. It's not enough just to have a great project design. We like to say, identify the roles on a project. I think that's a way that you can really help add value. And that's one best practice I've heard a lot. Um, another one is asking some high gain questions. And sometimes those are tough questions. Um, you know, rather than just saying, why aren't your managers coaching people more? You know, what kind of challenges are we having with giving feedback? You know, why are we having so much turnover? Ask harder questions. You know, what are the three biggest challenges in, in our business? What, what keeps you up at night? What do you think is going to happen if we don't address this? What, what would success look like for our team? So asking some harder questions. Um, I think another challenge we have as HRBPs is separating our findings from recommendations, especially when we work with accountants, finance, internal audit, very numerical areas, is make sure that we separate what the facts are from the feelings or what the data is from our recommendations about what to use that data. So I think speaking the language of business is very important. For example, Cisco puts a value on uh, empty engineering positions. So they don't come back and say, we've got 16 empty engineering positions. They say each engineering position adds $250,000 in revenue a year. And therefore those 16 positions Instead of saying there, we have empty positions and what's the time to fill, they say, hey, we're, we're losing $3 million in revenue a year because we have unfilled engineer positions. So not just enough to know and mimic the language of business, but speak it strategically and link what we do to specific dollars in the business. I think that's another way we can add value as HRBPs. And thinking about adding value, but also being responsive and changing with as our businesses change as well. How do you see the role of the HRBP evolving or changing in the near future or maybe even the long-term future? Yeah, 
It's it's evolving um, dramatically. This um, Dave Ulrich, who I mentioned, is credited with coming up with the HRBP model in the late '90s, and and people have come up and said, "What are some other ways to do it? What are some different solutions?" And we've seen different ways. Different organizations have approached it. One of the trends right now that we're hearing is HRBP 2.0. So let's not throw everything out of, of the foundational work that's been done, but let's find new ways to use it. And I think the biggest one there is using data for insights, being more evidence-based. And, and when I say data, it's not just numbers and dollars and cents. It's, it's things like tools from HCI. It's things like literature that you're reading. Um, it's, it's professional experience from other practitioners, it's values and concerns from stakeholders. So being more evidence-based, um, another big one for the future that's, that's an evolution piece is analytics and knowing analytics. Um, we see the future, um, as you're going to have a smaller, more strategically oriented HR department bringing in data scientists to supplement that work. Now, you don't need to be a statistician. You don't need a degree in, in statistics, yet you need to know how to read the gauges. So think if the data scientist might be driving the car and you're in the passenger seat, you need to at least speak their language and be able to translate that for the business. So get comfortable working with data scientists and, um, you know, I, I think at its base, um, any good HRBP is going to know the business, is going to consult and collaborate and ask those good questions, is going to create strategy-based solutions that add value. But I think the biggest emerging trend that, that I'm hearing and I'm seeing from our clients is, is to use data for insights and, and find a way to be able to speak that language of business. Um, I, I can think back to a lot of times working with finance and going and saying, how do I quantify this? How do I put numbers on this? So that example of Cisco, we've seen that at other organizations that have done that. Um, for example, Best Buy puts a, a dollar value, a revenue increase on engagement. They found stores that have higher engagement levels have more revenue, and they've communicated that way. So I think our biggest challenge as HRBPs is internally to get a mindset of, I'm a business person doing HR, not an HR person doing business. And, and externally in the way our work gets presented is to be more data-driven and using the numbers side more. And also uh, one last piece here is we, we've heard a lot about agility, and especially in the Silicon Valley businesses, we see a more agile Six Sigma approach. Now, even if you're in a traditional business that may not do that, one of the things that, that we're seeing in the literature is a lot of HR professionals going to more of an agile light um, type mindset, which essentially translates to shorter cycle times. So the need for speed, 
getting things out there, collaborating, being more data-driven. Um, but again, I, I think the idea of an effective, more strategic HRBP is somebody who really knows the business and can create strategy-based solutions. And I swear we didn't talk about this beforehand, but as you were mentioning the things that they need to do, you, and I know you're aware of our strategic capability framework that we have at HCI. So knowing the business, use data for insights, consulting and collaborating and create strategy-based solutions as the skills we really help you build in our certifications that you, that you teach, Mark, that um, that are present in our conferences and also in our learning solutions online. So we give this a lot of thought. We, we try to make sure we understand the skills that are important to your role, the that's important to your role as an HRVP, and we make sure that we have our content and learning solutions aligned to that. And, and related to that, and Mark, I know you're one of our um, esteemed faculty here at the Human Capital Institute, and you teach a lot of our courses. I'm very interested to know what do you like about teaching our strategic HR business partner course, and, and how is that experience for you as, as a facilitator? For me, I I like helping people reach their potential, whether it's an individual, whether it's working with a team, whether it's with an organization, and that's what I've spent my career doing. So for me, um, I I did a voluntary retirement about 10 years ago from big organizations, so um, have been out there, you know, working with individuals and teams and organizations. So it, it allows me to have an encore career or a second act, if you would. Um, but what I really like doing as, as I do the work um, with HCI is, as, you know, it's creating not only an environment where people can learn and learn from each other, but it's creating a small community during that time we're together. And, and I find that people learn very well from each other. And so for me, um, rather than trying to be a sage on the stage is to be a guide on the side. Um, I, I like helping people, and the term phrase I've always used is pack their parachutes, um, meaning giving them tools. You know, so for example, HCI, our website, and I'm obviously biased because I, I know our website. We've got about 3,000 videos out there. We've got dozens of research reports. We do webinars. We've got um, tools that our clients can review and apply. And I think using things like the search box on hci.org, um, subscribing to some of the professional journals that are out there, um, learning from different clients, it, it helps me stay current on what's going on. And you know, the thing that I, I really enjoy is I learn as much from our clients as I hope they learn from me. And, you know, there's so many tools out there. I mean, I, I was an HRBP before we called it that. I think we called it regional personnel manager. Um, but, you know, you know, things like using analytics and how to make a business case and how to quantify engagement or things that I wish I did a better job of during my career. So I think the thing I enjoy the most to help those people reach their potential is to be able to give them tools, whether that's discussions with others, access to research models, things that are going to help them add value when they get back and be able to make talent a strategic competitive advantage for their organization. That's great. Well, thank you, Mark, for your time today and 
And we appreciate you being here. And of course, we appreciate you leading our certifications as a faculty member of HCI. Great. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. If you'd like to hear more from Mark, he is one of our HCI senior facilitators. Join us in one of our certification programs. Head over to hci.org slash HR education for more information. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed your time with us. For Nine to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in.